This one, I don't know, it's kind of on the edge, because mine seems pretty thin. Mm. But it's also a weird format. So easy read. It's only like... reads. It's less than 200 pages, my version, but... Yeah. But again, That's it's big, biggish pages, so... My shit version does not even have page numbers. <laughs> chapters. It has it has chapter headings. Yes. Okay, let's probably have to come by then. Yeah. It doesn't have page numbers. <laughs> they rubbed off the page numbers like a serial number. <laughs> Yours is going to cause an extra challenge. Small. <laughs> you have to write them in as you go. <laughs> There's a little tick box on each page. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that'll be this will make it interesting. <laughs> so as charming as you are, Mr. Bond, I will be keeping my eye on our government's money. And off you perfectly formed out. Hello and welcome back to the RTFB podcast. This is Travis and today we are kicking off a new season with a brand new book. For the benefit of those listening in for the very first time, let me give the elevator pitch. RTFB is a podcast that is two parts book club, one part movie review. We focus specifically on books that have been adapted into movies and usually give preference to films that are generally well regarded. Chris, other Chris and I will pick a book read it, and reconvene to discuss, like you would in any book club. Then we'll watch the corresponding movie and reconvene again and discuss again. The book we picked this time around is the one that gave rise to a slew of sequels and increasingly innumerable movie adaptations. The origin of 007 himself, the very first James Bond book, Casino Royale by Ian Fleming. So let's get right to it and rejoin my conversation with the Chris's already in progress. (laughs) <laughs> visual marker i uh went down that rabbit hole of that uh that guy you sent me patrick is it patrick h whoever patrick h willems yeah yeah he's pretty good i like he him is pretty good i'm like danielle i'm afraid we're gonna have to watch mama mia here we go again this weekend like, <laughs> this guy made some really valid points <laughs> that i'd like to explore more yeah so Oh, well. You should like watch it. Minutes. It's pretty entertaining on its, its own. I watched three minutes, and this was like two days ago when I was doing shit here, and I'm like, I don't have time right now, and then I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> well, so. he, he sealed the deal for me when he had a whole series about how good Paddington is. I'm like, okay. Yeah. We, we are friends. I actually do like the first Paddington. <laughs> I haven't seen the second one yet. You should go see the second one. What the fuck are you doing? Seriously. Let's right stop now. doing this right now. Just be happy I've seen the first Padding- one. I found it adorable. <laughs> Paddington 1 I thought was really good, although my whole family yeah. abandoned me while I was watching it. Oh. <laughs> well, they were wrong. They were wrong. Paddington they did two not want to look after the bear. Even better. Wow. Well, that's good to know. Yes. Maybe I'll do that it's all because of Hugh Grant. Down. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. the best. So good. Anyway. 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 But yes, I watched mm-hmm. that in the Home Alone one. Mm-hmm. Like I like that movie too. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, so we have a new a new book coming up. Mm-hmm. We do, but we also have to get to know each other a little better because that's how we do it. That is. So last time we talked about things people wouldn't expect you to know about, but you do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, with this book, uh, I mean, I've never read uh, 
a James Bond book, and I probably have seen one James Bond movie, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, so I want to know what you think your biggest culture, pop culture blind spot is. Because, I don't know, James Bond seems like a pretty big one to just like know basically nothing about. Yeah. Well, it's e- that'd be easy, because for a long time... I didn't watch any James Bond either, like, growing up. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. I know who like it, like, oh, I watched it with my dad growing up, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I didn't see a James Bond movie till I was, like, 20. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh, these are these are good. And, I, and for a little while, like, I only saw every other every other one of Pierce Brosnan's ones. And, and I went to the last one, though, at Truman. Yeah. Because it was with Marissa, one of her friends, Andy. Did you ever uh-huh. meet Andy Guthrie? I don't know if you ever did. I probably did, but I don't remember that. You probably guy. did, like, passing in the hall. She was like, yeah. this is Andy, blah, 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 blah. You know. <laughs> well, he was really into James Bond, so he dressed up yeah. as James Bond to go see it and of Marissa, and I was just really disappointed because it wasn't really that good. <laughs> they had Halle Berry in it, and I didn't like it. It was kind of stupid. He had, and he had terrible dad jokes. But oh. then uh, Daniel Craig came. But anyway, so, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, it's easy to have a gap in that. Like, I've seen, like, none of the Sean Connery ones. Uh-huh. And I think my, probably my biggest pop culture thing is sports. I know jack and shit about sports. Oh. I really yeah. don't care to know anything about sports. It's not a thing I'm ever going to really be into. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I've seen some, some... I see games every year, you know, the, the cultural ones, like the Super Bowl. And yeah. Some baseball, depending on what the Cardinals do. I'll, like, watch the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. really follow it. I don't really know why people are awesome or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, the the only one I've interacted with the most is baseball because I played sure. it. So as a kid, back when kids played all the sports with their classmates. Uh huh. So. Yeah. But other stuff That's I don't fair. know. I can't. I'm sure there's a lot of cultural things I'm not really up to date on, but I don't really know that I'm not up to speed on them. <laughs> sure. Especially like, especially pop culture shit. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like I know enough of I know the nerd pop culture stuff. But I don't know the other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's probably okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the whole sports thing, like, I wasn't really even that into it until I moved down to Dallas and Mm -hmm. could connect to a team. And even then, it's like, I don't really care that much. Like, Mm -hmm. people, because I live in Texas, they're like, hey, did you watch the uh, Longhorns game? I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. You're like, no. What college did you go to? What team do you like? I'm like, "I, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> like none of the ones in this state yeah i think truman's Didn't... best team was like the the female rugby team oh yeah they were i the... feel like it was especially when we were there or was yeah. it the volleyball team or was it both the i can't remember yeah. yeah i always tell them like our football team was so so yeah i always tell them that our dorm was right by the football field and whenever the team would score a touchdown they'd shoot off the cannon i'm like that's gonna suck on saturday mornings when they i'm still it asleep did. Except I was never woken up before noon. So. <laughs> well, I guess what I did that after much. my two years in the dorm, yeah, I moved into the apartments right across the street from there. Oh, boy. Good but even call. then, that still didn't wake me up either. Yeah. So I'm either a really sound sleeper or... I don't score that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was uh, the the Rolla football team where, where I went. Uh, mm-hmm. they They lost their homecoming games even. Mm. Like the ones that are supposed to be kind of a gimme, like they right. even lost those games. The cupcake um, game, yeah. And like, uh, I I think our cheerleaders were like higher ranked than the football team. Yeah, Aww. not in football. I mean, like in cheerleading. But right. Um, and I <laughs> I remember one time uh, there was there was a guy in ROTC, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna go to the game, and we're gonna do like fifty push ups for every touchdown or whatever." I'm like, "You're not." gonna do that many push-ups are you <laughs> it's like a really sweet deal for the rotc they just show up and stand on the sidelines i guess uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah they don't get any exercise that day <laughs> nice all right um other chris pop culture blind spot yeah i maybe popular music oh yeah mm-hmm. especially growing up because I, I don't know. I I was uh uh I don't I don't know, maybe snobby about music, I guess. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So there was a lot of stuff that I didn't listen to. And like yeah. 
I I find that uh, like going going back every once in a while I'll hear something I'm like you know this isn't really that bad yeah like my my tastes have kind of evolved I guess mm-hmm. but uh, like I missed out on all this stuff the first time around I guess because of that so yeah uh, I yeah I guess I would have to say popular music yeah that's fair although the good thing about Very popular fair. music is they're always making it so yeah there's always, <laughs> there's always more changing. If you miss some bullshit, like you're never gonna hear from that person again. So that's that's right. kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. Um, yeah, I think I got over a lot of hurdles with pop culture when I was like, I'm gonna stop uh, critiquing every word they say, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just think of them as their voice as like another instrument, and then it doesn't mm. matter anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can say whatever random bullshit and it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. It's way more enjoyable that way. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I uh, I feel like, as far as like nerd pop culture goes, I have a big blind spot for like uh, Doctor Who. Oh, I don't know. It yeah. feels like a lot of people are into that, but I just I've never really. Made it's like a very specific subset of people that are into that, I think. And plus, it's like there's just I'm so much. That. Like, even if you want to go with the the newer iteration, like there's already been how many? Like yes. four four doctors since then, and like there's been a bunch. And it's been uh, on for fifteen years, the new the new iteration. Just one of those things. Like, I, I'm sure I would enjoy it's it if I sat time. down and watched it. But you would. I think you would. <laughs> now you have to get HBO Max to watch it because they put it on there mm. for streaming rights. You just, I I feel like probably the best way to do something like that is to find somebody to curate the better episodes for you because there's, oh yeah, uh, like I I feel there's like so even many. a Doctor Who fan will will admit that uh, they're not all winners. They're not. <laughs> yeah. There's some turd episodes out there in between the two. <laughs> I uh I tried to to do the like the the coward's way in. I'm like I'll just watch Torchwood. There's only like two series of that. Like that's doable. <laughs> and some of their but no, I couldn't it's even keep different. up with that. Mm. Couldn't keep it's up with that different. for one. Gets different in feel, but it's it's fun. Yeah, but I would feel like it's better to have seen Doctor Who at least through David Tennant's duration to really then jump over into Torchwood. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's similarly some of some Star Trek series like I've missed entire series like mm. which is probably fine like so it's, it's not like each one is that groundbreaking but, but they like, all have their deep, own different charm that changes, like Deep Space Nine I, I feel like I should dead. go back and look at more probably it's very much worth a rewatch especially if you haven't seen it since you were young since like the first time. I only saw yeah. the, like the first couple of seasons, and even then, I was falling asleep during it. So, mm. well, it was on later. But yeah, later you know these night. big storied franchises that seem mm-hmm. like the pillars of the nerd culture tent. That I'm like, eh, <laughs> I should probably check that out. But I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> to put my two uh, hundredth hour into Animal Crossing instead. <laughs> <laughs> Watch The Office for a third time through, or whatever. But, oh, jeez. Yeah. See, that's one I just never really gotten into. Like, yeah. I've seen some of The Office, and I'm just like, it's all right. Yeah. I understand why people like it, but I don't really watch it. I've never seen all of it. Mm-hmm. Let alone several times, but Doctor Who well, or Star Trek, yeah, that's... So, like, did you nice. watch... What What parts of it did you watch, though? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Bits and pieces here and there. If you watched the I've first seen... season, no. Yes. Because Start I started watching it a bit season. with Matt a couple of years ago, and we watched. Yeah. We got through the first season because it was a little shorter. Yeah, it's like nine episodes. Season, maybe through the second season at least. And that's yeah. what I've seen well, in the Office and the bits and pieces. If you that. watch through season two and it wasn't for you, then it's not for you. <laughs> and that is fine. I think that it didn't really help yeah. me to be like, oh, I need to watch all the rest of this. Like, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. Like, if it's on and somebody's watching it, I'll watch it with them. And I'll enjoy that episode, yeah. but it was never really like a. Oh, I have to watch this. It's so pulling me in. I feel like I feel like that's most TV to most people. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my <laughs> fifth run through of Next Gen right now. So, <laughs> yeah. There's some shit I can just keep watching over and over again and it's it's like new every time. Right. Yep. 
Well, that's the thing is uh, trying to break out. I'm like, I've seen this before. I don't have time to watch it again. <laughs> I got, <laughs> I've got to do yep. new stuff. As I will say uh, for like my of... company announces that we're work from home until the end of the year. Now I'm like, I've got to do got, something else. Got nothing yeah. but time. Yeah. Got to do something yep. else. Anyway. I will say anyway. a show that is not sci-fi that I can keep rewatching, but now I'll probably have to buy is mad is mad men. Mm, so I've never seen I it. I just finished. Well, now it's hard because it just left Netflix this month. Fuck. After being on there for like <laughs> three years. They uh, didn't renew the license. Netflix didn't get their license renewed because they want to. Because this happened all like when HBO was like, oh yeah, we just paid like a trillion dollars for friends, basically. So <laughs> Mad Men's people are like, oh, well, let's see who'll pay more money for this than Netflix. Netflix is like, we can't afford it now. So they're like, well, no more Mad Men. And nobody else has it yet. So I'm like, well, fuck, what yeah. am I going to do? I'm like, good thing I just, like, the day I learned that was happening, I was on the, the last episode. But now I can't watch it. <laughs> just made it. Yeah. Just made yeah. it. Yeah. There's, but, you know, there's also a handful of series like that, which I've never seen, like Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. which everyone yeah. seems to agree is the best TV show since The Wire. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I also haven't seen. seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. I'm like, good so. for them. That doesn't help me because I didn't see that one either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. uh, and as tangentially related, like, does it seem weird to you guys how like HBO Max is like? Listen, you can watch Friends on HBO Max. We don't have anything mm-hmm. else yet, but we do have Friends and also Harry <laughs> hey, Potter. They got a, a couple other things. I have it. It's okay. Like, great, Harry Potter, which is on ABC Family every weekend. And <laughs> not forever. We've all bought and Friends, which is on Nickelodeon every night for like twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, but you can't pick the episodes you want, Travis, and have it commercial uh, free. That's true. And they don't play them in order, which kind of drives me crazy. Right. Mm. <laughs> Correct. You've got to progress through these friends' lives in order, or it doesn't make sense. You do. <laughs> or you can't realize they how just... terrible nineties comedy is for the soul sometimes. Right. They're just doing them in like a different order. It's yeah, a it's... different kind of ordering. Like they're doing them Hatchet in Chandler order, order or <laughs> oh, something. Yeah, like they're doing Chandler. all the Chandler stuff first. And then, and then they'll go back and do Monica. And then. <laughs> yep. Well, I need to know like, as soon as we get in, like, have they slept together at this point? Like, are they engaged yet? I can't always tell unless you play. That's order. what, like season five. Does it, does it matter? Yeah, and I say that as if I couldn't tell already. Not really. Like, oh, it's this one. <laughs> Some of their jokes are just terrible. Like, mocking people for being gay and crap. Non-jokes. So. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Let's move on. I don't yeah. want to talk about Friends that okay. much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Let's talk about a book. <laughs> oh, man, a book? book. A fucking book. So we're going to read Casino Royale, oh, which uh-huh. is like a casino with cheese. <laughs> See, I always think of just Monte Carlo. Yeah, because I've seen enough thingies with gambling, like Royale or Monte Carlo. Yeah, and it was or Monaco, either one. You know, written by Ian Lancaster Fleming. Okay, he born so in uh, nineteen oh eight in the Mayfair district of jolly old London. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. native yes. Londoner. Yeah, <laughs> he's from there. Wow. Yeah. I wish I was from there. That'd be cool. Uh, his dad was a World War, or I'm sorry, a Great War veteran whose name mm. was Valentine, which is kind of neat. That is pretty that is cool. Neat. It's a cool name for a dad. Yeah. Dad, yeah. Valentine. Uh, Val. <laughs> I say, did they call him Val? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't have. Val. I would have called him Sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he demanded it. Served his country. Um, yeah. So young Ian went to Eton, but wasn't very good academically, apparently. Mm. Although, mm. apparently he got some acclaim for being good at sports and stuff. Interesting. Well, that's all that matters then. If you can't do um, the schooling, do the sports. Yeah, you know. he uh, An old had, Etonian. Had aspirations to be in the foreign office, but they're like, no. Until, <laughs> until his mom, mom went and petitioned, and he became a sub-editor with Reuters. Interesting. Oh. So see... Personal connection. There's a connection. Wow. Nice. You're basically best friends. Yeah. (laughs) That's a company that I used to work for. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and yeah. you like foreign stuff too. Yeah, totally. So you're basically the same guy. Oh my god, basically. I don't even have to read this book. <laughs> you don't. You have to start writing more, though, so you can make some more money. You just have to jolt your brain to access your ancestral memories. And <laughs> Put it just in the know animus. about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he himself served in the Navy in World War II. Okay. As assistant to the director of naval intelligence. Assistant Ooh. to the director. Yes. Not the assistant director. <laughs> assistant to. And, uh, yeah, after that, he became a foreign manager for the Sunday Times, which apparently led him to spend two months a year in Jamaica at his home, which he called Goldeneye. Interesting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. James Bond. That's anyway, <laughs> that's where he wrote the very first James Bond novel, which we're going to read, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. And then there, for the next 12 years, every year he wrote another one. Wow. Which is that's some dedication right there. Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Just it's James Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. It is James Patterson. It's a Pattersonian pace that he's it's on. It's not right. not quite R.L. Stein. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's not it's writing like two or three a year. Not quite Steinian, no. but I mean He's not like farming them out to people. <laughs> right. He's not like letting his grad students write them or right. whatever. I edited it, I'll put my name on it. <laughs> hey, they're just doing the Renaissance system. That's all the painters and people did their shit. Yeah, and right. in the studios, you just signed it when they were done. My painting, bitch. I trained you. <laughs> Man, that so I want to. Bitch, I want to. I trained you. So I want to point out that the copy of the book that I got was uh-huh. definitely uh-huh. like print on demand. And if you, I don't know if you can get in there, but like, oh, uh, it's, it's like they used a horribly artifacted JPEG for the cover. <laughs> oh, so there's that's the actual cover, not just my camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and there's, there's no, uh, smoother. there's no copyright sort page. Sort of similar. Yeah. Whoa. But it's got like an actual byline for the cover design. So yeah, yeah see, made by real people. Mine, mine is just an ISBN. <laughs> well, that's all um, but there's there's no copyright page. There's just a page in the back that said uh, "Made in the USA, Copple, Texas, 11 June 2020." Oh, so well, somebody all, printed oh, this book for me. For you. First of all, yeah. it's Capel. 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 That's near really? my office. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's oh, okay. And also, okay, you can I'll remember because that. that's where the cops hang out and <laughs> with their radar guns, and so it's also called cop hell sometimes. Interesting. Oh, the funny clever. play on words. Yes. Um, cop hell is also where a lot of textbooks come from. Well, because when I went so to I... University of Dallas, uh, I ordered my books online, and they're like, "Come, they'll come to cop hell and pick them up." Except that's not where the bookstore was. So. Mm. So I drove like an hour out of my way to go not where I was supposed to be. Terrible. It was the worst. Also, Cop Hell is generally bad. Fuck that place. (laughs) (laughs) Too many cold stones on the corner? (laughs) Or not enough? (laughs) They do have one good Thai restaurant down there. but that's all that matters. Anyway. Anyway, yes. You've clearly got a knockoff, and I'll be interested what version of the story you read. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like hoping it's the same text at least. <laughs> but you you saying that it's like uh, I don't know, like like university textbooks yeah. come from there. I sure. I assume that this was printed for like a well, like on demand for a, a class, class or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that could be. Could be somebody got it that way. Yep. Yeah. But so interesting. Yes. So for 12 years, he wrote these books, mm-hmm. and he got married and had a kid. Yeah. And then he died in uh, 1964, only two years after the first official Bond movie, Dr. No, came out. Really? That's crazy. So he died so well before he, he could start longer. rolling in his grave when the different uh, iterations of Bond rolled through. But did he rake in the well, chance? Well, I mean, we'll though? see. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? I'm sorry, what did you say? Did he rake in the checks, though? Uh, I mean, as far as I was able to tell with my very limited Wikipedia research, 
Mm-hmm. All the licenses and shit for this stuff are insane. And that's why it got tied up for so long and we didn't actually uh, get a true version of Casino Royale until, what was it, 2006? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's pretty crazy. They said uh, the book, this book, which came out in 1953, so, you know, 10 years before Planet of the Apes, to put it in context, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, took off pretty well. It sold, off, sold out in less than a month in the UK, but never really took off in the United States. Like, okay. They even oh. tried changing the name to be like... Double O agent or whatever, or uh-huh. wake, wake up dead or threat level midnight or whatever. But, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but the right. Americans are like, no, not really for me. It's, it's a little too British. Yeah. We'll go see your movies. British. I'm not going to be reading your books. Thank you. Ugh. <laughs> books. Books. Who needs uh, them? Books are not yeah. part of the American way. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, maybe think it was inspired by real events he maybe witnessed while he was in mm-hmm. the Navy, or maybe he just heard about them. It's okay. kind of unclear. Um, uh, but he did design the first edition cover by himself, so that's kind of cool. That is cool. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the trivia note I know about Ian Fleming is that he also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Which... Really? I knew I knew that he guessed. wrote both things, but I was always curious, like, well, which preceded the other? Like, is it, right. I wrote about a cool, cool-ass spy car for a while, so maybe, I don't know, a family-friendly one. Or was it the other way? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this, this flying no, car that everyone loves so much, I don't know, but it, maybe if there were right. guns in it. Right. But no, it was, he wrote that later on for his child, like a family-friendly story. So okay. that was close to his death also. Interesting. Yeah. And uh yeah, so as I mentioned, like the there's a lot of rights weirdness about the book and the movie rights. Because he basically just handed mm-hmm. it to one of his friends who then died, and so that guy's widow held the rights to the movie for a long ass time. But Wow. There have been a lot of adaptations of this book. So in 1954, there was a TV special that was like an hour long, which also included instructions on how to play Baccarat. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to get this book unless, or this one hour special, unless you know yeah. how the game is played. But so we'll spend half of it teaching you. This yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to look this up. I assume. I can only imagine we're going to have to go to Monte Carlo. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us are like well versed in mid-century casino games. I'm not. I just know that you're uh, supposed to wear a tuxedo and drink a fancy drink. It's and I feel like well, you probably learned that from this tracks. book. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a tuxedo, but I can drink things. Like, oh yeah, yes. I can do that for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know much about it. I just kind of picture of it as like uh, blackjack plus roulette somehow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yeah, we'll be looking it up. Yeah. We'll be or, we'll be right here to explain it to our one listener. <laughs> yep. Uh, or what was the what was the card game from Star Wars that they won the Millennium Which, Falcon off? Sabak, I think. Sabak, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I will picture is those weird cards from uh, from uh, yes Solo. From, Wars. Yeah. <laughs> from Star Warsian. Yeah. That's, I'll just substitute that, or the for no reason at all the the hologram chess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a TV special. There was a comic strip that they did for a year as a daily comic strip about it. Wow. And what? they made note that they had to draw him more rough and tough. Like, oh, <laughs> too much of an old rough and tough British dandy. Like just, <laughs> I want a cool guy. Uh. And in 1964, hey now, British course, dandies ruled an empire. Okay. <laughs> in, in 1967, there was like a satirical version with Peter uh-huh. Sellers. And I've seen people. that one. Uh, I have not. When they finally, when they finally got the rights from that widow guy, mm-hmm. uh, and Columbia Pictures, like, well, we're going to do something with it. I guess I don't know. They weren't quite sure how to do it for real. So. <laughs> and then, you know, just a couple of years ago. 
only 14 years ago in 2006. Oh my god. We had the Daniel That's Craig version, degree. which yep. even that was like MGM got the rights from Sony so they could give up something so Sony could make another Spider-Man movie. I don't really know. Something it's like very that. very unclear. <sighs> I'm like, yeah. we'll give you this character, I don't know, Shocker or something. <laughs> Electro, maybe. Because that 2006 would have been which Spider-Man? Three? Venom, maybe? I don't know. I just don't know. <sighs> All for future Spider-Man. That's it I is ridiculous. Think. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, as alluded to before, I have never read any of these books. But mm-hmm. what are your guys' expectation for the book portion? I think it's going to be a Randy romp through spy times in the mid twentieth century. <laughs> that's my impression. That's how I would describe the movies sometimes too. A Randy romp. A Randy yep. romp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds uh, like a wrestler. <laughs> Randy Rump coming to you live. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I think it'll probably be hopefully really fun. I've not ever read a mid mid twentieth century spy novel, so yeah, mm. it's going to be a first time experience for for me, maybe for all yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. So. I think so. Um, I I'm expecting it to be hopefully like pulpy and gritty like i kind of want it to be could be yeah like like i want it to be kind of lowbrow i think yeah like that's that's what i'm expecting like i'm not expecting like thing. yeah i'm not expecting like like high literature or anything you know uh-huh. mm-hmm. i'm i'm really looking for like like this would have been printed on like napkin paper or something <laughs> back in the day <laughs> oh so yeah maybe yes. your capel version is the right way to read it. It's, like it it's the be. truest Maybe. version of it. Yeah. <laughs> should be printed off someone's printer. <laughs> and like with an alligator clip together. Yep. Yeah. No, just like a three ring binder. <laughs> oh, perfect. Hole punched. Yeah. You just a find it in, book. in Manila envelope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't really know what to expect either. Although, um, I did find this random quote in the Wikipedia entry from, I think it was Umberto Eco. Like, mm-hmm. it says, while thrillers might not be literature with a capital L, it's mm-hmm. possible to write what I can describe as thrillers designed to be read as literature. Interesting. Oh. So. Why is Umberto? I don't remember if that was his quote or Ian's quote about what he did, but I wrote it down. So. <laughs> we'll so never I don't know. know. The thing I don't want it to be is like a shitty spy novel that uh, I don't know falls back on like literature flourishes to make it seem better. Mm. Like I want it to go all the That's way, be a really good book, or just be like you know not Dan Brownian because I promised I wouldn't use that as an insult anymore. <laughs> I like Dan. Just Brown. just you know a good thriller. Okay. <laughs> Dan Brown is my I know brain that's candy. that's why. That's why I promised I wouldn't I wouldn't use him as name as an insult anymore. I appreciate it. And plus, like he's doing the hard work, he's getting things done. He's not yeah. Okay, not Pattersonian. How's that? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> not <laughs> writing a book a year. Yeah. Right, right. Come on. He's not doing like all dark, no stars or whatever. Right. <laughs> or uh whatever his middle school series is now. Like, come on, Jane Patterson. What do, you, what do you have to say about middle school? You don't remember. Uh, That's fair, because I barely remember middle school. Yeah. So, yes, I want it to either yeah. be kind of like that. I want it to be like the the thing I picture for like a Sean Connery type of James Bond, where he's like either he's, you know, shooting some fuckers or like he's making time with the ladies or. Yeah. Nothing in between. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing in between. But again, it from the time and the place in the world it comes from, I just don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to meet anyone named Pussy Galore in this book. So, Well, not Probably this book. Not. not this book. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of vagina. <laughs> but, yeah. And then, you know... Uh, I just expect it'll be some sort of amalgamation of whatever the movies became, either that kind of Austin Powery's campiness or 
I can't expect it's going to be quite as hard edge as like the Daniel Craig Bonds have been. At least right. not. Did I get the impression they that they are? Yes, they can With be. Jason Bourne action and jumping through skylights and stuff. <laughs> yep. Stabbing a guy with a pen. Yep. <laughs> Looking fine doing it. Yeah, well, <laughs> as long as he looks good. Yep. Should be okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you give me just a second, I can go back and find where my other notes are. So if we do through chapter 13, that's like mm-hmm. 90 pages in my version. And then the second section is 88. So that's okay. almost in half. So through lucky number 13. So read our first assignment. Read until 13 or until the end of 13? Until the end of... When you see 14, you stop. Stop at 14. Got it. When it says 14, la vie en rose, question mark. That's where you stop. Question mark? <laughs> Ooh. Fergul. Okay. Yes. So that will be assignment number one. Okay. So, it's been a couple of weeks, so what what else is good? What else is good? What else are you doing? So I started watching a uh, a Japanese drama. Uh oh. Oh yes. It's it's called uh, it's your turn. I think that's the best way to translate it. But it's about this mm-hmm. uh, like newlywed couple. They move into this apartment building, and almost immediately, like shit starts going crazy around them. Uh huh. Oh. Like the the wife goes to like a like a tenants association meeting. And uh, somehow this devolves into, hey, let's all write down the name of a person we want dead and exchange them. Oh. What? Yeah. Don't oh. worry about oh. it. Um, so wait. Anyway. Wait. wait. People, like people are. lists or no? Well, it's like, it's like, uh, it starts off from this conversation that's basically like the, the superintendent of the building, like walking up to the new lady and saying like, hey, do you want me to die? Uh, because this guy over here was saying that everyone who meets me within five minutes, they want me to die. And I was just wondering what your opinion is on that. And, uh, it devolves into this whole conversation of, well, you can't just kill people cause the police will catch you. But if, if everyone, like if they swapped murder targets, then there's, you know, there's no motive. And so it's a lot harder for the police to catch you. And then someone was like, hey, I have an idea. Let's all write down the name of someone we want dead. And then uh-huh. we'll put them in a hat and exchange them. And uh, and then somehow people are surprised when somebody ends up dead. Huh. <laughs> and then, and then like, every, every successive episode, like, more people are dying and, like, people are getting threats from some unknown, like, uh-huh. telling them, like, now it's your turn to kill. Like, your your target got taken out, so... You know you're up next, huh. mm. so that's that's the show, and it it strikes a really weird balance of tone, as many many Asian dramas do, where it's like sometimes like really really silly, and sometimes really really serious, and I think all all of the actors are like, uh, you know, they they take it way over the top, and it's kind of amazing, hmm. but. Uh, one thing I, I don't want to give too much away, but one thing that really sold me on the show, I think was a few episodes in, um, one of the guys wrote down the name of an actor that was his target. Uh huh. And the reason he wrote down this actor is because everyone for the longest time has been saying like, Oh, you look like this guy or giving him (laughs) shitty nicknames because of it. Or Uh like saying how, uh, people come up to him on the street asking for his autograph and he has to explain, I'm not the guy. And then they're all (laughs) mad. So, so he wrote down this guy's name. Like I didn't think he would actually die. Anyway, the, the, the joke there obviously is that this is the actor that's playing Uh, that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and they do end up killing him in the show, (laughs) killing, killing the actor. So, Any any show where like someone has that kind of sense of humor about themselves, yeah. I think like I I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I really enjoy it. That's cool. 
Cool. Where can you watch it at? Um, uh, on the darker parts of the internet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I see. You have to yeah. get in your pirate ship. Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't condone this behavior officially. <laughs> officially, you're just holding yeah. it for a friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. That's cool. And you called. You said it was called what? Uh, it's your turn. Anatomo Bandes. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. and it's it's quite enjoyable. Nice. What say you? regular Chris I've been buying way too many coins <laughs> I've, I've noticed that <laughs> but yeah, hey one of your like... coins had soul panels soul it panels did. soul panel <laughs> yeah, soul panels soul. <laughs> I could get you a 50% discount on those <laughs> some more arrived today they were not precious metal ones but they're interesting ones I got my uh so back in 2013, it was Queen Elizabeth's 60th anniversary of being crowned queen. Mm-hmm. So the, the I didn't get any of the commemoratives then because I was poor and in school. And yeah. uh, but I found one on eBay last weekend, which the Royal Canadian Mint put out. And it's uh, they have these colorized quarters you can get at 25 cent coins. Mm-hmm. Well, not they're not silver or anything, but they look nice and they put pictures on them like i have one from uh uh 2011 when william and kate got married but this one has um the queen's official painting they had commissioned for her anniversary Mm -hmm. for canada so it has a really long piece of paper inside that talks about the queen her her coronation and the painting and the guy who made it and she's up in the foreground with a canadian flag behind her but then behind her is a painting of Queen Victoria that's in uh, Rideau Hall, which is the Queen's residence in Canada. Uh-huh. So they talk about the significance of that because this was a couple years before the Queen broke Queen Victoria's record for longest reigning monarch. Mm. But they were like, she's going to do it. So it's important <laughs> because Queen Victoria was the previous longest reigning monarch, mm-hmm. also a woman, and she's the one that signed the British North America Act that basically created Canada in 1867. So you've got a painting of the current queen that contains a painting of her great great grandmother who got Canada going, oh. and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of a lot of meaning in that and whatnot. And then now I finally have a commemorative for that because I have the British ones for her other ones. I have her the crown they put out for her coronation. I have her 25th, her silver jubilee one. I have a golden mm-hmm. jubilee one. And now I have this one. And in a few yeah. more short years, as long as she keeps going strong, we'll have another jubilee, and she'll have reigned for seventy years at that point. Yep, that's crazy. Which is it's just going to she's gonna keep going. She probably is. <laughs> they're going to do the thing. Her. They're going to have a coin with her, with a painting of her, with the painting of her grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every seventy years, they just keep adding it on. <laughs> she keeps going, and then yep. the other ones they got were from. Um, today from this mint i used to get coins from them 20 years ago when i collected back then it's called pop joy mint and they do mostly just commemoratives for Uh smaller countries and shit like that but they tend to do them for british territories and crown dependencies which is what i collected before and then i got these two little uh apparently the 50 pence coin Mm -hmm. has become a really popular coin for commemoratives that in like the uk all these places they put them out in circulation there 50p and so then yep 50p so mm-hmm. Pobre makes some and they made one i picked up one from for gibraltar that celebrates the uh, 180th anniversary of the releasing of the penny black stamp which was the first <laughs> like adhesive postage stamp in the world uh-huh so uh, and my joking to a thing when i told matt about it he's like I feel like the universe is going to implode on itself because you got a collectible coin about a collectible stamp. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I did. But they colorized, like, they did this little finish on it. So it's supposed to be uh-huh. a little, this pearl black proof finish on there. Yeah. And then the other one I got, uh, they made for the British Antarctic Territory, which has the HMS Erebus on it. Now, the, it's specifically put out to mark the 200th anniversary of the birth of the guy who officially found it, like discovered Antarctica. They uh-huh. talk a lot more about the ship and his expedition 20 years later. 
Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. And that's my, uh, I don't know if I told you guys, I probably have. I set a goal <laughs> for myself. If I don't go at 39, uh, for my 40th birthday, I'm going to go to Antarctica. So on one of those what? trips oh. you can take. Are you going to make yep. yourself your own challenge coin for it? <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe I will. Oh man! Yeah, you do burn it. Burn metallurgy. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's basically a, fancy a die made. Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> I've already found companies in the past like we'll do that for you from one to like five hundred. Like I just need yeah. one, maybe ten. <laughs> Give some to my friends. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of my thing. So I'm trying to make sure when I'm setting some money aside, it's ten grand for the trip alone. Jesus, not the airfare. Well, Jesus. it's a two week trip. Yeah, it is. It's a two week trip. We usually go in the middle of our winter because that's summer there. Yeah, so it'll fit actually quite nicely because mm-hmm. my birthday is in January. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to go around my 40th birthday, and uh, I don't know who I'll go through, but Nat Geo National Geographic trips has a trip down there, so I can always do it with them. Yeah. And you get on a ship in like Argentina. Mm-hmm. And it's a hardy ship. It's a hardy little cruise ship type deal, <laughs> and you just go down there. She's a hardy and... ship. She's a hardy ship. It takes you like four days to get there, and you have to go from like across like the Drake Crossing, which is terrible. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Hmm. Like super huge tossing waves. But once you're there, it's like you just kind of go around <sighs> the coast a bit, and hopefully oh. you can land on your your itinerary is very flexible because you may or may not be able to land. Right, you get in like little <laughs> kind of like large zodiacs, and it'd be neat because you go to. You go to see the penguins and walk around with some penguins Penguin. and yeah. take you a few places that you need to see. So could watch the be thing. Really grand adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then you get to hang do. out with mostly uh, probably a lot of British people and some guy who will probably sing terrible songs playing a piano at night after <laughs> dinner. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? Because the Wi-Fi is terrible. <laughs> and if you're but, lucky, an alien will take over some of your compatriots and... and Poses them and then systemically murder you, right? Oh, I thought we were just going to take really bad Instagram photos together. I mean, that works. <laughs> I feel like that's what they would do now. That's option B. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm brave enough, who knows? I've seen a video of some little travel couple that did this too, and on their ship they did a polar plunge. Oh, so you can, uh, that sounds like a bad in water in just your bathing suit. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. We'll see. Even in warm water, I don't think I would do that on a cruise ship. <laughs> too afraid of going under. <laughs> but so yeah, that's kind of a little thing. I'm like, I need like an adventure goal like that for going yeah. out a few years, something to plan for, and nice learn the details about. Because I've never been down to South America. That'll probably be the first mm-hmm. time. First time I do that. I've never down been to get there. south of the equator, so... I haven't either. So it'll be a new you were, thing. Weren't you sort of close, though, when you went to Egypt, and... though? I was close, but yeah. I didn't go south. South yeah. of that, so... I've never been to, like, Australia or New Zealand or anything, which is the other popular option. Yeah. Mm. So, that'll be an interesting trip. Don't, don't go to Australia. Bananas cost, like, $70. <laughs> it's because they're the only thing around. Like their next closest landmass is the one I'm planning to go to. <laughs> right. Well, and Tasmania, mm-hmm. New Zealand. It's cool. I go to New Zealand. New Zealand's kind of fun. There's no COVID so, like, there. Yeah, we we have no COVID because we didn't let anybody come here. So, like that's the, the plus side this time of being New Zealand is we just closed our borders and everyone's like, oh well. <laughs> like so we have no covid don't come here americans you'll bring it to us don't do it but i want to be like what if i can prove to you that i don't have covid with no nope. test result sorry it's probably still say jacinda arden would be like sorry it's just no. safer to ban all americans i'm sorry <laughs> honestly it is at this point it is yeah um so the thing i wanted to talk about um mm-hmm. i don't know if either of you listen to any of uh Kevin Smith podcasts is not anymore. He does one that used to be called Fat Man on Batman, and is now, <laughs> now they decided that they couldn't use that anymore, so it's called Fat Man Beyond instead. Okay, but anyway, it's him. And he's and not really fat anymore either. That's why they changed it. Like, yeah, they're like, eventually we're going to get sued by uh, DC, and also I've lost a lot of weight. But his uh, <laughs> co-host on there, Mark Bernardin, set up this thing called the Plague Nerdologues. Which is hmm. like a charity fundraising thing for Black Lives Matter, 
And what it is, is a whole bunch of these little, like, one to three minute videos recorded by, like, genre actors doing monologues mm. from other genre stuff. So, mm. uh, you can donate any amount and then you get access to all these little videos. Like, uh, they had John or William Franks. Let me scroll through it here. Uh, I should have done this before. Jonathan <laughs> Frakes doing the speech from Star Trek two, like okay. uh, doing the eulogy Ooh. for Spock and nice. Uh, or hey Garcia being Caesar in the conquest of the planet of the apes, which I haven't seen, but <laughs> that was still a pretty, pretty good one. Uh, and the one I liked the most was Phil Lamar being Samurai Jack being Inigo Montoya from the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a bunch of little That's videos phenomenal. and stuff that you probably already like and it's for charity. But uh, the thing that I was surprised at is how many they put together because this is something they just did like a month ago. Started mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of weeks or a month ago and there's already like 50 videos or whatever. And Jeez. just random oh. people like just kind of talking into their phone. And doing a really, really good versions for what they are of these, like, really important monologues from movies you like. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I was impressed by how many of them are, like, surprisingly touching mm. and uh, emotionally effective right now. Like, uh, this one lady who I didn't recognize, but did the, the Samwise Ganji speech from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah it's worth checking out you can pay a dollar and go watch them but uh, I'm enjoying them I haven't gotten even halfway through them so far but the plague nice. nerdologs cool. yeah um, I also uh, for whatever reason decided to read all the way through Penny Arcade the last couple of weeks Oh geez! Like all twenty years, all, of... all the comics. That's, that's a like lot. All those, oh, that's a lot. Oh my! That God. is a lot. <laughs> like it's something I used to do in college, and like I just like seeing how much better the guy gets at drawing. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Looking at the first couple ones, we're like, okay, this could be anybody. To even a year in, you're like, Jesus Christ! How do yeah. you get this good mm-hmm. this quickly? Like, I don't get it, but. Adding in another uh, 18 years after I originally stopped reading it, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's very impressive and yeah. kind of crazy to think about something like that blowing up to all the stuff that it is. Like, right. Dude, right? Charities Spawn and conventions. conventions and books <laughs> yeah. and card games and shit. Like, I, I especially love that the charity started as like a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And uh, especially weird watching all at once because, you know, they start having kids mm-hmm. and their kids are like old now in the comics. Even I'm like, ah, right. <laughs> weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but definitely worth it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I'm always I'm constantly surprised that's still a th- still a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's nice when I remember and go back to it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's what I got. Anyway, Brittany Brittany Curran is the one who did the Lord of the Rings one. I didn't know who that was, but she did a very good job. Cool. Yeah, and uh, in Yvette Nicole Brown being Lady Tyrell, being like, <laughs> I want Cersei to know. Nice. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh, and I should mention the ones that are important to this podcast. One of them did the, the Hannibal Lecter speech. Being like, I can oh, tell from your nice. cheap shoes, you're only a year or a generation out of the coal mines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Planet of the one. Uh, there's one more in here. Kevin Smith is on there too. He's doing the uh, Anton Ego uh, review at the end of Ratatouille. <laughs> which seemed appropriate hmm. oh yeah so Gary Anthony Williams as Hal which was <laughs> awesome 
He did his like, like his, his dying speech, but he did it in a very unique way, like mm-hmm. much more uh, personified. But that one I thought was really, really good. So I'll cut mm-hmm. all, all right. the scrolling and shit out of <laughs> <laughs> just just whoever runs that web page, put like a, a gallery view and <laughs> Instead of all vertical <laughs> scroll, I won't complain too much for something that's basically free, but you know. Anyway, all right, gents. Oh. So, quick fun fact. I love fun facts. I just hopped on the Chabad website for some reason. The what? According to them, today in Judaism, which is Saturday, the fifth of Tammuz in the Hebrew calendar, it was Ezekiel's vision of the chariot. Oh. Which supposedly happened in 429 BCE, and on the Hebrew calendar is the 5th of Tammuz, 3332. Okay. So, he saw <laughs> I, a chariot from heaven. Was it the Wheel of Fire? Is that the one? Or I think of yes. the, wrong, the wrong guy. That's that's what that stuff is. Okay. Well, that's cool. Things that people go, oh, aliens. I'm like, mm, no. But that's okay. No. Maybe <laughs> mental disorders. <laughs> According to Hobbes, it's a uh, divine chariot represents the spiritual infrastructure of creation. Hmm. Which I can click on, so let's follow that little rabbit hole. Oh, man. So, well, which right. takes me to the Sephirot from Kabbalah. Divine attributes or emanations, which are manifested in each of the four worlds and are the source of the corresponding <laughs> ten faculties. Kohot of the soul. It's too much math. <laughs> <laughs> too much math and mysticism. Too much math yeah. for a soul. Now we have to watch Evangelion. <laughs> yes, yes, now we have to. Isn't that oh, well, next movie coming out? Like the last someday. Movie? someday. It'll come out I someday. I felt really mad at the dude, the abusive dad in that, so... Oh, you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I know. You're definitely really supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The few episodes I watched in your house, Chris, of the not great Netflix presentation of it. Oh, yeah. Missing the proper sound, proper music. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, I hate this dad. I just want to murder him with one of these machines. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well. He's a dick. So you identify with Shinji is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I would go back to again and again. I need to dig those DVDs out. So I also yeah. watched a couple on Netflix. I'm like, it looks pretty, but it's not right. I wouldn't know because I've never seen it before. This isn't my Ava. I know from Chris telling right. me, like, this is not exactly how it should be. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Now I know. Now I'm aware. <laughs> but there'll be a lot more fan service. Mm. Yeah. That's what they would say at the end of the, the episodes. <laughs> that's where I learned yep. what fan service was <laughs> so I was a, an impressionable youth and I'm like Chris what, is, what does she mean he's <laughs> like well it's what you would expect <laughs> servicing the fans but what do I expect another one of these nerdologues I didn't mention but is funny is Will Forte doing the Taken speech <laughs> oh I can only imagine uh, and uh, what was this other one? I should have taken notes on this shit. Apparently, <laughs> uh, this guy I've never heard of, Yuri Lowenthal, being Bane, because he did Bane by putting his headphones like this. Oh, we got some reckoning. That's phenomenal. Pretty funny. Oh, and Jay Farrow is Aragorn. That was good too. Uh, the the guy himself who put it together did the uh, "Fears the Mind Killer" speech from Dune. Nice. But I'm like, I don't I don't know how well he did. Like, I've never seen that movie, but I know that part. And uh, Malcolm Barrett. As Cyrus from the Warriors. Oh. Can you dig it? Nice. Chris and I, we watched, other Chris and I, we watched that one time. That's a yeah. good movie. That's pretty fun. It's got the chief from uh, uh, Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, it does. 
as the the mouth uh-huh. <laughs> on the Reggio. That uh, Malcolm Barrett though is very funny. Very funny. If you've not listened to the the Fat Man Beyond podcast, look up the one they did recently with just him because it's maybe the funniest one I've heard. Okay. Yeah. It was when Kevin Smith was not on it because he was touring with his latest movie. So they made it Black Man Beyond because it was just the black guy. <laughs> that's, that's very appropriate. I was dying. I probably looked insane because I listened to that when I'm running. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, that that fat guy is just like laughing the whole time. Like I don't know <laughs> if he's okay. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Smith movies, did you guys watch the new Jay and Silent Bob? I haven't, but it's on I Prime now. Really, it's really good. We watched it probably last month. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Much more All better right. than his. Uh, it's got Canadian Supergirl series. in it. Yeah, it does. But noise. It's all hilarious. It's very great callback hmm. to the older shit and to the first Chance on the Bob. And Maybe I'll watch really it right good. after this. You oh, should. man. It's, I'll get myself another scotch and turn it on and yeah. fall asleep. There you go. <laughs> I can see there it already. You go. I've heard all about it because, of course, he talked about it on the podcast, but. Right. That guy, like, we're all very pleased with it. He, he is not happy unless he's uh, both smoking weed and getting recorded talking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do half of that. What more do you need from life? <laughs> not as much you as him, though. Half of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't rub it in. <laughs> Yeah. Your order arrived. I know. Oh, I listened to his uh, audio book the other day. Not the other day. Uh-huh. A couple months ago. Tough shit. Mm-hmm. Which is a good book, except uh, he talks a lot about Harvey Weinstein oh, and no, how he's yeah. like he was my boy. Like <laughs> he gave <laughs> us our start. Right? Like we were like these pirates out there. We're doing our own thing. Like he gave us our well, start. He's, he's not wrong in that. He did yeah. give them their start. That's true. That's true. It does not mean his badness <laughs> has affected. But it's not been up to, updated or anything. Like they did sort of have a falling out where he's like, you know what, I don't really like him anymore. Like yeah. I appreciate him funding my first couple of movies, but you know. But it was never That's to the cool. point where he'd be like, and he's a fucking asshole, like <laughs> pervert. This is the appropriate amount of appreciation for the professional side of Harvey. Yeah. From almost thirty years ago. That's probably fine. Yeah. Probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll go well, back and I'll watch the Clerks cartoon instead. Maybe I change, change my mind. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I love I that. Thing. Who was driving? I got a thing for my health. That will take like three hours. It'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> the whole thing. Okay, that was our session for today. As a reminder, if you're planning on reading along, your assignment is to read all the way to the end of chapter 13. The curse of listening back to these recordings while I'm editing them is that I get to hear all the stupid things I said before and cringe over things that I got wrong, like mixing up an actor's name, or things that I didn't quite mean, like insulting Texans and their penchant for driving big trucks. The blessing, though, is that I get these little codas at the end of each episode to come back and follow up or restate or apologize. With that in mind, let's end with a few on-second thoughts. Actually, Capel is a fine place. Even if the police there are a bit, shall we say, eager to hand you out a speeding ticket? Some of my favorite restaurants are there. Plus, you can cut through the back roads if 635 or the George Bush are at a standstill. Also, it's one of the few places in Dallas with actual hills, so yeah. For the record, I've never even been to Australia, and have only heard secondhand about the price of bananas, so really I shouldn't comment at all. I do still recommend checking out the Plague Nerdalogs. In fact, since we recorded this episode, they decided to remove the paywall, even if it was small to begin with. So you can go there now and watch the clips for free. You can, of course, still make a donation if you want, but check it out either way. Today's episode was the first to champion the Chandler Order, with thanks to Chris, Chris Ham, Chris, other Chris Jacobson, was edited by me, Travis Rowe, and was sponsored by... 
No one in particular. Until next time, keep fucking reading. So we are continuing through the second pentology of Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. We're now on the penultimate Heroes of Olympus book. And uh, the first three have been weird. I mean, it's Percy Jackson, so come on. But mm-hmm. uh, this one, like, they went to hell. Like, they're in hell now. Uh-huh. Like, they accidentally fell in Tartarus. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been kind of impressed by how he shifted the tone and, like, actually let these people suffer a little bit. <laughs> Whereas every other book so oh. far has been like, well, and then they ran into Narcissus, but then they figured it out. And then <laughs> then they were at Medusa's place, but then they they killed her, and it was fine. And it's all good. But now they're, like, actually in Tartarus and kind of suffering, having to drink fire instead of water. It's, it's interesting. That sounds rough. He's actually doing... Letting his characters sort of mature. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's also throwing all these animals in that I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> okay. Like I have to sound it out and I feel like I'm about four. That's because it's Greek. The Katoblapos is the one that I stumble over. I wouldn't know what that Katoblapos. is. Katoblapos. It's like a demon cow that okay. can turn you to stone or breathe poison on you. Sounds awful. But Frank Zhang had to kill all of them to prove to Mars and Ares that he was a war hero. So they would give him a snake so he could give it to a uh, fucking farm god whose name I forget. <laughs> that was also right one that I was like, this is not hard. It's just a lot of letters all at once. Mm-hmm. I can't, my brain can't decode them as quickly. Yeah. Triptolemus was the guy. Triptolemus. I don't know that one. I didn't know him either, but he announced himself. I'm the god of farming. Anyway. I know Athena. So yes, the, the themes are getting darker and the words are getting harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Triptolemus. And I don't appreciate...